God's people, on today's show, we lay out the personal financial blueprint with our guests from Trinity Financial Coaching, Wesley Eccles and Willa J. Williams. We go deep into a conversation about all things money, money, money. Everybody likes talking about money as long as they're not spending money. We're talking about saving money, though. And guess what? The ladies even helped assist me in having a personal breakthrough right here on the show. You better sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, people, the podcast. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Imagine you go in a restaurant and they have a menu, but the waiter and or waitress doesn't allow you to choose what you want to order off the menu, but they force you to order what everybody else is ordering. So it's like you in the restaurant, you like you looking like, uh, you know, they like, no, the wings is the most popular thing. You got to get the wings. I hate hamburgers. Everybody in the restaurant talking bad about the hamburger. What's that going to make you do? You're going to be like, um, yeah, I don't want to rock with the hamburger, bro. People talking bad about it. That get in your mind. At least I know I would. Like if I go in the restaurant, everybody talking good about the chicken, but they talking bad about the burger. I don't want the burger here. Right now. psychologically. That's how our choices get taken away from us, outside influences. What do I mean by now? Uh, by that? Like when you look at the media and stuff right now, what they do is spoon feed us our decisions and our choices and make every other uh, choice look bad. And then that forces people to be like, oh, I, I can't make that choice. What am I saying? Your life is your decision. We all have choices in this life, man. Don't let people take it away from you. Don't let people take away your choice to serve Jesus, to, uh, to accept salvation. Don't let people take away your choice to live righteous, to live a certain way, um, to be married, to uh, be a father, a mother in your family, to be committed. These are all choices that we make every day. Of course, we fail at times. I failed at times. We all make mistakes throughout this life. No one has lived the perfect life. But what I'm saying is even the idea of repentance, at some point you fall, you make mistakes and you realize I need to turn away from this because it's not best for me. I want to live for God. I'm making the decision today to turn away from this. Now, it doesn't matter how people paint Jesus or Christianity. Um, outside influences don't affect or impact my faith. And so that's just a sidebar. Um, today we're going to have some dope discussions, uh, discussions. I can talk. We're going to have some dope discussions. Is it it's a dope discussion? I'm not, I'm only having one conversation. Okay. I'm going to get myself together. I promise if you're a new listener, we don't do this all the time, or maybe we do. Maybe I can't talk all the time, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a great time. We're going to talk about finances and, uh, give a financial blueprint. And this is going to be something practical stuff that you could take and apply to your life. 
and make the decision to change your life today. Look at somebody and say, I'm about to change my life. All right, but before that, um, I'm going to play a song real quick from my new project. This song is called He Still Can. And the whole concept behind it is like, even if God doesn't bless me, he still can. And that's like a, an exercise of faith for me to remind myself that God is still in control no matter what I'm having faith for, no matter how things may seem. But my God is still God. And that's an amazing thing to serve the King of King and the Lord of Lords and to know that your life is literally in his hands. And so that's what this song is all about. It's on my new project. The project is called To Whom It May Inspire. You can find that on Apple Music and uh, Spotify and anywhere else where they have music. Just type in J Will Music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. Thank you to everybody who rocks with my music. I really appreciate y'all. But look, man, we about to have an amazing show today. I want your ears open, your eyes open too, depending on what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. But anyway, it don't matter what you're doing right now as long as you listen and check us out at inspireguyspeople.com. Check the song out now. I know it's not for everybody. You know, I know that. And that's why I entitled this To Whom It May Inspire. The way I see it, if you're still listening, I wrote this for you. seed in its place water that sunshine let it grow when he grows i'ma tell my son shine a little more you gotta receive the light before you shine the light and a light in the light is only kind of bright tell me are you good enough to take your purpose in the wild and turn your life into a song like i'm still praying for a breakthrough he still can i ain't trying to hear what he can't do he still can check the track record he's a savior he still Got two words for him, thank you he still can Even if he don't bless me still believe he can. Even if he don't heal me Why you looking at me crazy?
Even if he don't bless me Even if he don't heal me Why you looking at me crazy? I ain't never giving up Broken started saving, that must mean something If I invest in your potential, then I seen something You gotta see it too This was inspired by the writers of the Bible From creation to the fire, my desires for you to read it too And when you give your life to Christ, you gotta see it through See, anyone can stay committed for a week or two But it's not till we are weak and broken that we see what he can do Sincerely, J. Will Music You just heard, he still can from my latest project entitled To Whom It May Inspire. That song was produced by Darrell Red Campbell Jr. And yeah, you can find that on Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon Music and Google Music. And you could just either Google J Will Music, that's J W I L M U S I C, or search J Will Music on all those music platforms and add me to your playlist. Rock with my music. I definitely appreciate the thousands of people who listen to my music. That is a blessing that I don't take for granted. But y'all know what time it is right now. We are about to jump into an amazing interview. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Let's talk about money, y'all. Let me interview you. Here's what we gonna do. You gonna talk to me and I'm gonna talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gonna be talking purpose. All right, guys, people, we have on the line from Trinity Financial Coaching, Wesley Eccles and Willa J. Williams. Ladies, how are you doing today? We are wonderful. wonderful. Thank you all so much for taking the time to jump on today's uh, call. And, um, you know, I'm excited to have this conversation about finances and money, especially during this pandemic. Um, I know, you know, people, a lot of people is depending on those stimulus checks. Now the stimulus check is gone. The tax is gone. So uh, today, hopefully we could give um, God's people some practical uh, steps and ideas and thought starters to, you know, getting some financial freedom and financial stewardship. So let's start off with this. You know, we'll start off with uh, Willa J. Let's, and I, and hopefully it's okay that I'll call you Willa J. I hey, love you. it. Call me Willa. Okay. All right. I'll just Willa. call you Willa. Okay. No problem. You know, let me, let That's me give, fine. let me give the context behind that because my name is J. Will seeing that J after the Willa is just so dope to me. It's so dope. I know. That's what I said. I love it. <laughs> it's so dope. Um, all right. So Willa, let's, you know, if you could maybe just tell the listeners a little bit about you know, yourself, like, how did you get to become a person that is in this financial industry? You can kind of share um, whatever you want about your past and, you know, what, you know, what led you up to be, uh, to be interested in this industry? Well, I've always had an affinity for numbers. And when I was working, I worked in grants, acquisition, grant management, worked in things like contract development, 
contract management, so I was always working with numbers, and I love math. I kind of thought math was like a game. People would be afraid of math, and I was like, come on, mm-hmm. no, let's, let's play with this thing. So it was always nice to be able to work with numbers and to really get serious about it. In my 20s, I got kind of caught up with credit cards. Okay. So that put me on the serious route because I had a lot of debt. And I had to figure out how to use that affinity for numbers to get rid of that debt. And and that's how, you know, in the beginning, that's how it all started. And then it just developed and grew from there. Wow. Okay. So now I'm curious because I know you graduated from Wayne State University with a master's of science in occupational and yep. environmental health. That, yes. so I'm just curious, how did a <laughs> person, together. yeah, like what is, because that sounds like a pretty important degree. I'm, I know you've worked in that industry. So I'm just curious, like, you know, how did you make that part of the transition from, you know, having your master's in, in, you know, occupational and environmental health and then transitioning into finance from there? Well, I got my degree in occupational and environmental health from Wayne State, and I tied it to the housing department, which is where I was working for the city of Detroit in housing. And I was working with grants and contracts and acquisitions. So that was kind of the tie, and it became environmental because at that time there was a lot, and even now still, a lot going on and conversations about lead-based paint. And so because I was working in housing, working with money, and lead was one of the things environmentally that was really critical. I went into occupational and environmental health because it tied to housing and it tied the lead together. And because part of my duties at housing were financial, it all just kind of came together. It all came together. And then once I retired and quit working, it was like, okay, environmental, had a wonderful time, housing, it was great. It's time to let's really get into these financials. Wow. And so that's where I am now. Okay. See, I love that because, and you know, a lot of times when I'm having these conversations, even for myself, I'm trying to pull as much as I can out of these conversations to apply to my own life because I think sometimes we can miss the purpose in the moment. Like we'll have an idea Mm -hmm. of where we want to be, especially people who are entrepreneurial. And anyone who listens to this show knows that I am a person that is not all about just quitting your job prematurely and all those type of things. I believe in leveraging your job and your nine to five to get the experience you need to build up your business. Um, now for some people, of course, that they can go the other way, but I think so many people feel pressure just to quit their job and they mm-hmm. miss the purpose in their job. So I like that, that, you know, you could be working a job and I always tell people, Working a job is like getting paid to go to school. Cause I'm sure with working in the field and the industry you did, right? Like you said, working with grants and stuff, you can take a lot of that, you know, those systems that you learn and apply them to you guys' business and what you're doing today. You learned a lot about rules and regulations and, you know, financially, because you're dealing with money and you're mostly dealing with federal money. So it kept you on the straight and narrow specifically with respect to integrity yeah. and making sure you were being truthful and got all the I's crossing all the T's. Right. No, that's, and that's a big deal. Like you said, taking the system, the rules and the regulations 
some of us, you know, I work yeah. in, in um, corporate America for F- Fortune 50 company, and I literally look at it like, okay, I'm getting paid to go to school. You know, whether I have to do 20 <laughs> yeah. years here, 30 years, whatever, whatever I'm blessed to do, however, you know, long I have to work or however quick I can get out. It's a blessing because mm-hmm. to do business at a certain level, you take so much from it. So I love that. All right. So Wesley is, so let, let's learn a little bit about you and your background. Tell us how you, um, got to be involved in the financial industry. Oh, wow. Well, I actually, initially I thought I was going to be an engineer until I had a calculus and that killed that dream. (laughs) I can relate. I can relate. I I cannot. So like Willa, because I was good with numbers, I, then chose to major in accounting. And so after after graduating, I had a job as a, a budget analyst. And then I had a job as a collections manager where I called on companies who were indebted to a greeting card company that I used to uh, work for. So I would have to call on those accounts and I would hear the different people stories and why they couldn't do this. And then I did collections for a leasing company. And all while I was doing this, I was also working out, working on my own financial situation. And um, I just honestly prayed to God and said, how can I do something with the skills and talents that I have that will be able to help somebody with their money instead of causing them more stress? Yeah. Because these people are stressed out when I call them. Mm-hmm. You can't get your mm-hmm. order. You didn't pay. You know, I'm sending, I'm overnighting someone to pick up the check. And um, I was literally on maternity leave and I saw a uh, job posting for a financial security firm. And I applied and I was like, well, we'll see what happens. And I applied and I applied and I got the job and I worked at one of the um, national brokerage firm and got my series 763, 65, all of that to be a, um, a stockbroker slash financial advisor for that firm. And so that was my entryway into, in my mind, helping people financially for the good instead of causing them more stress. I love that. Because I had felt that before. I, I, I had collections, people calling me and hounding me, and I did not like doing that. So I was able to flip the script. But then when I got in the industry, I realized that a lot of the people that I was helping were not my people. Yeah. So then that bothered me. And I said, well, where is this information for my community? And, and why aren't our community in the same position? Or when I would engage my community, then they would want to invest, but they didn't have their other things in order. Yes. And unfortunately, at that time, as a stockbroker, you don't get paid to teach people how to budget. Yeah. You don't, that's not how you, because that was commission only. So if you're not dropping a ticket, in, the, in that vernacular or doing a trade or writing yeah. up mutual funds or something like that, I wasn't getting paid. But a lot of people mm-hmm. needed the education. So I, I would do seminars as a way to just get the information out. And I start, I loved it. And then, even beyond that, then I wanted to know, okay, so what does the Word of God say about building wealth and doing all of these things? Because I was actually really hungry, still hungry. But you know that season 
or you really, really hungry for yeah. the word, you just don't apply the word to everything. And I was in <laughs> I that season. I was like, you know, <laughs> what the words say about, oh, I got to see what the word says about that. I was right. like, what the words say about money? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm talking about building wealth and doing all this, but what if God wants us to be paupers? We know he doesn't. Yeah. But what if he did? Because I didn't know at the time. And so as I started, honestly, my own personal study about what the word of God said about money, I really, really got excited and was like, oh, we are not. Yeah. This is how we're supposed to live. <laughs> right. And, and that just fueled me to, you know, move forward. And, and I've been doing it ever since. I love that because, you know, you know, same as Willa with you, like working that job, you know, here you are doing collections and, you know, the Lord, I believe, used that to show you a purpose and show you a place where, you know, you had that burden of like, I don't want to be the person calling people, causing them stress and they making up excuses why they can't pay. I make people lying to me. Right. You know, it's like. Right. It's the other side of the bill collector. You know, I never heard about the bill collector from the end of the person calling. You know what? Y'all stressed out too. So I get it. Um, but but I we love. We are stressed out because we got to get that money in so we can get paid, get our bonuses. Ex exactly. And see, that's the thing too. Like, there's people got to realize that like, you made another good point about like, look, in this position, I didn't get paid to teach people, and that's why. Like, right. I feel like sometimes and. In, in, and as we jump into like really talking about money today, one of the first things I, I like, Wesley, that you said, you know, you were concerned about aligning this with the word of God. Right. And I think so many Christians and, you know, people from, you know, I, I'll speak for myself. I don't know exactly where y'all are from or how y'all grew up, but, you know, I, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. And, you know, when you grow up in a impoverished, impoverished community, you know, people have is money is a weird thing to me because you have very few people who actually understand the proper context of money. So you'll either get somebody that get get a little bit of money, like let's say something like fifteen hundred dollars. That's not really a lot of money. But if you're around all mm -hmm. broke people, it seemed like a lot of money. <laughs> right. Or you'll get yeah. people that's just uncomfortable with money. And that's something that I personally went through going from poverty to um, just whatever levels of success and growing financially was like, I, I literally had to get comfortable having money and knowing like what to do and how to act with it. I'm curious, I'm just curious what, you know, either of y'all think about that. Is that something that y'all actually um, come across with people as they're transitioning um, from, from poverty or, or less to more? Um, or am I just crazy? No, 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 you're not crazy. That's exactly one of the things that, that we've encountered. And, you know, to close Wes's circle, she and I met as she was journeying through uh, her seminars at church. I became a member, my husband and I, at her church, and she was given a seminar. And we met in that seminar, and it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was electric. Wow. Here was a woman of God who was teaching about finances, and here I come as a student wanting to know as much as I could about finances, and it just it just brought us all together. But to get back to your point with respect to people, specifically our folks, Wes and I were teaching a financial class, and we realized that so many of our people have a like a poverty mentality. 
Yeah. And they don't even think that they can have wealth. Yeah. Or sometimes they feel like I got to have five or six credit cards like I did. Yeah. I had a whole lot of them and I thought, yeah, I got my job. I'm going to have all that. But you don't need all that. And so we really had to stop and add another part of the class in the beginning before we got into the meat of the financial training. We had to kind of debrief with them and say, hey, y'all, come on. We're going to do this little orientation and let you know you are worthy of having wealth. You can have a car without a bunch of debt. You can have a nice house, a nice if you need a credit card, you can have one. You don't have to charge everything, but you can use it as it can benefit you. But there are a lot of people, specifically our folks, who don't believe that they deserve to have nice things or cannot envision that they can or are capable of doing so. And so it's, it's a whole transition of paradigm shift that we have to get people to take in order for them to last to kind of latch on to the training sometimes. Yeah, and you know what? That makes a lot of sense because, like I said, I know for me, you know, it was just that sense of, like, understanding money and becoming financially literate because, you know, when you're growing up, you're in the inner city, you're being told that um, success is shoes or clothes or even cars prematurely before you could really get them right. I remember when I was in college, um, I went to get this car and I remember sitting there and hoping that they approved me. And it's like, (laughs) it's like Uh such a weird thing. Like when I look back at it, it's like such a backwards mentality that we kind of are groomed into Mm -hmm. thinking that you're just like Mm -hmm. hoping that people let you get stuff versus being empowered to know that, no, I can make decisions and I can walk in knowing what I want. So before I jump further in that, though, I do want to give you guys an opportunity to um, you talked about how you met um, at at one of Wesley's uh, seminars at church. So, Wesley, can you tell Mm -hmm. us, you know, after you guys met, how did you come to form Trinity Financial Coaching? So after Willa became, um, she was one of the students, she went through the class, I needed um, an additional help in teaching the class. And so Willa and I then started working together side by side, doing more classes uh, and and being over the stewardship um, team of our church. And so that's how we started working together. And then um, we went to a conference that gave us some ideas about how we can now take what we're doing within the church and share it um, beyond the church because we knew, like, if our members um, needed help, there are other people that needed help and wanted, you know, help mm-hmm. with their finances from a biblical and Christian perspective. And so she came over and we had a meeting and she brought the workbook. <laughs> she still had the workbook that, that I gave out when I taught the class. Okay. And we were going through the workbook. <laughs> yeah, and we were going through the workbook and there was a section about gold. And yeah. when she read the section about goals, it said that she had the goal of starting a business mm-hmm. within 10 years where she would be able to teach yep. people about financial stewardship. And now, mind you, that timeline had placed her in retiring from the city. 
So once she retired from the city, she wanted to be able to do what we're doing. And we looked at that page and, you know, we just shouted. And it was just like, (laughs) oh, my God, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And so we just had an aha moment. And we're like, you know what? But we're going to do it. I love it. We're doing it. This is what we're doing. I'm with it. And, you know, when I look at you guys' mission, you know, you guys say your mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate your clients to reach financial success with methods designed to make personal financial management simple and stress-free. I love that. And so, you know, for the um, perspective for my audience, you know, you guys, um, this was maybe now, I think this was three years ago now, you guys um, I hired you guys to come to an event that I had, which was kind of like a semi-private event, Christian lifestyle brand. We bought, brought these families together, um, young people. And what I was trying to do was really kind of empower people with this type of information. And I wanted to, you know, get this in people's hands. It's kind of like Wesley, like you said, when you're like on fire and you're trying to make those connections of like, when when I started my journey of like, you know, becoming financially literate. This was around 2012, 13 ish. And so, you know, four or five years in, I'm like, the more I learn, I need people to get, like, I need them to know this. So you guys came out and I want to appreciate you still for that. You came out and taught a workshop. Um, and it was amazing. And I still, you know, I kept the information and I loved it. So one of the things, uh, so there's a couple of things that, that stuck out to me, even from then you guys walked us through this one chart and um, it's kind of the where where are you now portion of you guys class. I mm-hmm. really like the idea of like taking that accountability. I think that's an important part. But on your chart, here's what I love. You guys have the chart going from one to 10, but also from foolish mm-hmm. to faithful. Can y'all talk <laughs> yeah. just a little bit about that yeah. concept of yeah. foolish to faithful? Uh, Willa, you could take that. <laughs> Well, you know, when we think about the word, because everything we do is based on biblical stewardship principles. And when we think about in the word how people are foolish in their actions. Yeah. And they do things, they make poor decisions, which basically are foolish decisions. When we make those poor decisions, that's when looking at that trajectory, you're down by zero because in inching up very slowly because you're making bad decisions and you're yielding poor a poor harvest I'll say. Yeah. But when you make better decisions, you make faith-based decisions, decisions that are based on the principles in the word, then you're gonna soar. You're just gonna soar. And, and you- you're gonna do it in God's timing. And in God's timing is gonna be the right timing for you. Those are some of the things that people have to understand. It's, it, it's not overnight. You don't say, okay, I won't do that today. I'll do this tomorrow. Or, or I'll make a good decision today and things are going to be great. No, it's all in God's timing. But it's really based on the decisions and the choices that you make. If you're making foolish ones, your trajectory is going to be more flat. If you're making ones that are based on faith, based on what the Lord has told us in this word, and he has given us so many promises. There's an abundance in the word of God, specifically in Proverbs. 
about what we can do and how we manage money and how we should manage our wealth and how we should be yeah. um, managers and stewards over our resources that he has provided to us, we, that we just try to put it all in there and just seeing people go that way. You know what? Like that idea, right? That, that's such a plain and simple way. I love it. Foolish, faithful. What I try to do is like, you know, as we're talking, like I'm thinking just of myself because I don't want to use other people's examples because I don't want nobody to get mad. So when I think <laughs> about myself, as and I, because I, I want to be specific for anybody out there who's listening. And look, you got the headline on this page was where are you now? And so anybody who listens to this show knows I'm huge on self accountability. I am not a person that wants to waste a minute of my life waiting for someone else to come oh. save me from something I can do for myself. Now, I know mm-hmm. we need other people. Right. I know God sends people our way, but I'm not sitting around twiddling mm-hmm. my thumbs, waiting on somebody to come save me. So when I think about foolish to faithful, if I'm being specific for myself, um, mm-hmm. me and my wife, um, this was now back to 2011, I think. Yeah, this might've been 2011, 2012, sorry. And this was what sparked me, right? This is literally what sparked me. I never turned back since this day on my journey towards financial literacy. We wanted to get a house, right, ladies? And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we like, we gonna get a house. Now, granted, <laughs> I ain't never owned a house. Don't know the first thing about owning it. <laughs> never. Look, I was making decent money at the time. I had just started kind of making decent money, like for real, for real. Um, but I wasn't doing mm-hmm. the right thing with it. And I remember we went to, we, you know, applied, f- you know, for the loan and we go down, we right downtown in the Chase building. The guy's name was George. George, wherever you are, this was, <laughs> this was the mortgage guy. <laughs> George walked down to the lobby. He didn't even bring us up to his cubicle. He ran our credit, met us in the lobby, looked me in my eyes and was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. It might take you a year, might take you two but you got a lot to get together. Here's wow. your credit report. He walked away and it was like a movie. We were just standing there wow. with all these mm-hmm. people walking mm-hmm. past us. And I looked at my wife mm-hmm. and I was like, never again. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when I think about going from foolish to faithful, what was foolish about that situation was I took zero inventory of my situation before I just thought I was just going to magically get a house. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we kind of got embarrassed and fell on our face. And what I did from that day, ladies, uh, and Wesley, you might appreciate this. I said, from now on, I will not wait on a bill collector to call me. I went home and picked up the phone (laughs) and started calling them. (laughs) That's right. No, that's right. And told them I was recording the call. Anyway, so I just want (laughs) to, I did, I did. But I just wanted to paint that picture for the listeners of like, you know, foolish is thinking that this is going to happen without you changing anything and also with you thinking that you're just going to get whatever you're just going to get and do whatever you want to do in life. So before we transition beyond this, I want to hear one of you can ladies. I say one more thing about that chart. Okay, yes, go. Can go. I say one more thing oh, you can say 10 more things about it. Go ahead. The other <laughs> thing about that chart is that chart when we made that chart, that chart was actually um based upon um Matthew 25, the parable of the talent. Yes. And so if you think about the process or the mindset of the the people who the servants who received the talent, 
the one who acted foolish was the one who got the one talent and hit it and said, yep. oh, I didn't, I knew you was, you, I knew you were going to come back. And when you came back, I wanted to make sure I had it for you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the one with the two and the one with the five went out and did something. And yeah. so when the master came back, it was double. So they were on that trajectory to fatal. And as, as so that the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. So we as mm-hmm. stewards managing the resources that God has given us, what is it that we're doing to increase those resources, whether it's your skills, your talent, your um, money, love, what is it? All these things, all, everything that God has given us is for us to multiply in abundance. Gain interest. Where are you, on, where are you now? Gain interest, exactly. Where are you yep. now? So, what do you... And specifically... Go ahead. Okay, specifically for the chart, it was foolish and painful, but I think it also says, you know, going from paycheck to paycheck to, you know, building wealth. Um, As you go and grow, you understand your role as a steward. And even as you're building wealth, you're also understanding I'm not building wealth just to have big barns. Yes. I'm building wealth because I am going to be purposed to do something with this wealth that I'm being charged to. I'm showing myself faithful to the Lord to trust me mm-hmm. with more resources so I can do more, not only for my family, but for the kingdom and the community that I'm, that I serve. Yeah. And purpose, you know, what? like you just saying that, that is such a good point about, you know, when I said people are uncomfortable having money, a lot of times it's because we haven't established a purpose for it. It's, it's not that uncomfortable getting money when you have purpose behind your money. When you know you're working in and you know you're doing something and building something, you are not uncomfortable with money. But it can be uncomfortable when you're with anything, getting anything in any level of abundance when you don't have a plan or purpose for it. Now, you said something about mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck, right? I, I want, mm-hmm. uh, Willa, maybe you could speak to this a little bit. You know, what? Okay. Talk about the psychology and our mindset behind why why do we decide to live that way cuz i i really want to kind of peel back some of these layers for people who may be dealing with this stuff it's like what is it about paycheck to paycheck that keeps us there like how can we get beyond that well first let me make a comment on on your scenario at the bank yep it was not a bad thing for you you guys to decide you want to get a house what we have a tendency to do, and it happens so much now, is we got the job, we have the paycheck, we see the money coming in, but we haven't prepared. Yes. You know, we haven't gotten that credit report. That's when he showed you your credit report and he said, go get some more work done. He was showing you that you had not established your work history, credit history, Showing that they could anybody could trust you. Yes, I by love them it. lending you money and giving it back to you, giving back to them a little bit at a time. When we think in terms of living paycheck to paycheck, I recently spoke to a client. She's a, she's got money. Wants to learn how to manage it a little bit better, and the difficulty she's having. She's living paycheck to paycheck. 
the difficulty she's having is discipline. Yes. For different people, there are different reasons why we live paycheck to paycheck. Some folks, you get your paycheck on Friday and or the 15th and the 30th or the 1st or whatever it is, whenever you get your money, I got it. It's in my hand. Let me go grab everything I want. They're not thinking about the future. They're not saving. And for this, this is some of the reason why many people in our season right now of the pandemic have found ourselves to be in such a difficult place with not having emergency money or, or savings. When you lose that paycheck, you lose that paycheck because you, you spent it immediately or you just didn't consider delayed gratification. Just because you don't buy it now don't mean you can't have it. So don't get it out of this paycheck. Put a little bit of that paycheck up and get it out of the next paycheck. Yeah. For us as a community, we have, once we got the money, we just kind of spent it. And, and, and I don't think it was grandma and them because they didn't do that. It was the two generations between grandma and them and where we are now in dealing with some of our clients. Yeah, I like that so you it's, talked it's about. A, a I, I like that you talked about discipline because that's really what that is. Like when you talk about it, like some people can't save money because they literally don't have the discipline to have money without getting something. So it's like we don't know how yeah. to manage our wants. We'll say, "Hey, I want these five hundred dollar pair of shoes," and the problem is, what I want overshadows my reality. What I'm really saying when mm -hmm. I say I want those shoes is I don't care what my reality is. I'm going to sacrifice anything, including my future, including my phone bill and my house note to get these shoes. And what we don't understand is that it becomes a domino effect of keeping you in that cycle. And it wasn't. So again, just being a little transparent for myself, with the hopes of hoping some, helping someone, when we went from that situation with that house, that set me, that just set me off. Anybody who know me know, once I get into something, now it's over. Now I got to be an expert. Now <laughs> I'm reading every book. Like, it's over. And one of the things that happened, I remember me and my wife, um, you know, because we wanted a house. So I put together a plan. We got our credit and stuff together. We grew our credit back then, like, over 100 points in, like, less than a year. and. We grew our credit and then it was like, all right, we have no money saved. So what I said was like, okay, we literally can't do anything except the essentials. So mm -hmm. we have family members after church. They always want to go here. Applebee's, uh, our family took like a trip out of town and we were all supposed to go. And when I remember when I shut it down, I'm like, we cannot do it. My wife was so mad. My family was laughing at me like, y'all acting like y'all can't afford this. But I'm telling you, mm -hmm. my life changed during that time, and I never went back to being broke ever again. We've never been broke again That's since right. that time. But it took us sacrificing some things for, you know, a while, to be honest. It, I probably went a couple years without buying new clothes, new shoes. But we set ourselves up to a point where we could later now go buy whatever shoes we want. But because our mindset Absolutely. changed, we don't even want the $500 shoes no more. I'm super, I'm like, I don't yeah. need that. So I love that you talked so, about that discipline. Go ahead. So the answer, the, another aspect of that is 
you break the cycle from being paycheck to paycheck with with contentment, diligence, and behavior change. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So can you talk if about you, that? If you are if, if you are discontent, discontentment is what causes us to want to overextend ourselves. Because yeah. we look mm. at our current situation and feel like what we have isn't good enough and that everything has to be better, 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 bigger, bigger. And we and we don't put ourselves in a position where we close the circle. Because at some mm. point enough is enough. Like at some point there's some point in your life as you are earning, as you are building, as you are growing, where you say, you know what, I'm good here. And so I can have some extra. We don't have to eat all the bread that we receive. Ooh, I like that. And so it takes it takes contentment in order for you to be able to look at your situation and say, you know what, I got Jordans last year. I don't need this next year's Jordans because these are just as fine mm-hmm. sitting in this box. And I don't wear them. You know I don't wear them because I don't want to get dirty. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Willa talked about that delayed gratification, right? Um, and I love the yeah. Jordan thing because I got Jordans now. I'm telling I wear them like once or twice a year because like you just said, I never want them to get dirty. So it's like, I'm like, ooh, it, that, <laughs> that event ain't worth the Jordans. Let me keep them in a the box. But right. Willa, Willa talked yep. about that delayed gratification. Willa, can you just expand just a little bit on like that idea of, look, Jermaine, I know you want the Jordans now, but if you could just step <laughs> back and see the future and think about the bigger picture, like, like tie you that in to me for me. Very easy. That's very easy. All you need to do is establish a goal. Establish a goal for yourself, for the future, and then see the little things you need to do in order to reach that goal. If it means that, okay, well, I bought these yours, that house is my future. Yeah. That's what I need. That means that, eh, well, you know, I won't take this trip with the family. Maybe we'll do a staycation at home and we'll just, you know, go outside and have a barbecue or cook out of work. Just me and my, my folks at home. and. Maybe I'll get my hair cut once every two weeks instead of every week. You know, once you decide, and as Wes said, you got to be content with your decision. If you're okay with not taking that trip, if you're okay with uh, not wearing those gym shoes every day and not buying the next model, for us, it was a vehicle. My family chided us so much because we bought a Lexus. And we drove it for 15 years. Yep. It looked good to me. It still works. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was right. a Toyota. So, and that's yeah, a great it car. Working well. mm-hmm. We got tired and said, why can't y'all just buy you a car? What's, 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 why are you still getting that? Uh, you know what? And after we finished with that one, we went up a notch. But that was our goal. And in that you proper time. Establish your goal. Yep. And in that yes, proper time, it made sense. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There were some things that, yeah, some things that we didn't do, but we didn't do it because we had our minds set on our future. Just like you said a little earlier, you changed the way that you guys were managing your budget. You did a little less then, but you were able to do even more later. And the later is what you were trying to attain. And so delayed gratification was okay. You don't even see it as delayed gratification because you're content. You're satisfied with what you have. It is the behavior change that Wes is speaking about. 
Yeah, and you know what? Like, I love the way you just broke that down because even thinking about it now, it's like when you have a goal, right, and a purpose, that's probably what made it easier for me once I started telling mm-hmm. people we can't do this, we can't do this. Like you say, your family laughing <laughs> at you because the car you driving. You know, I had a car that when, yep. it flood, when it rained, it flood. You know, so we had downgraded cars. We moved into a one-bedroom apartment at the time. I'm talking about when you spin around yep. in a circle, you go from the kitchen to the bathroom. It was little. <laughs> mm-hmm. But by the grace of God, that was what allowed us to do the things that, um, that we wanted to do. And those goals, still to this day, our goals guide us. And that's what my goals end up being kind of like the lanes in the freeway, like they keep, mm-hmm. they keep me in my lane. Um, okay. I like that. So that's a spending plan. <laughs> yes. I love it. So, so let's talk a little bit about Wesley. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this because Willa kind of alluded to it as her family's looking at her. Um, and they like, Hey, why don't y'all just get a new car or whatever? I, I want to be honest with y'all ladies. Like, I I need some y'all might have to be my therapist right quick. So <laughs> the toughest thing for me is like I love my family, right? I love my family and my close mm-hmm. friends. I'm also a person mm-hmm. that wants everybody to win. But I'm learning, mm-hmm. learning still, right? You have to let mm-hmm. people do what they want to do and one of the toughest things for me is the fact that like the people in my family and my friends who are close to me who are not making these changes, it is tough for me knowing that they think they're doing the right thing now, but later on, mm-hmm. like, you think you're laughing at me now, or you think I'm silly because, oh, well, he got this money. Why he saying they can't do this? or why? Did... And mm-hmm. how did y'all deal with, like, the fact, like, how did you, how do you deal with, like, your family doesn't understand, people laughing, whatever, but you know they are the ones in the long run who are not bettering their situation. Like, I'm just curious, is there anything that you guys did to kind of help separate yourself? The only thing that I can say is you just have to run your own race and walk and stay in your lane because people are not going to see your vision. Okay. They don't have, they don't, they're just not going to see it. And you can't force people to see it. Um, we were in the same situation. Um, my husband has his own company, and at one season, you know, people, somebody was like, "Well, your house is so modest, yeah. and y'all could afford y'all could afford to move here. How come you not living there?" Because mm-hmm. we had our lives set up so we could stay live on one income. Yep. And that mm-hmm. was the goal that we had, and so we we ran our house out of one income, which freed me up to do the things that I needed to do as far as um, taking care of our daughters, um, flexibility to run my business, as well as what I do, you know, how I serve in my church. And so we could not make the decision to buy the house two times the income. We did not make that decision. We bought a Mm -hmm. house based off of one income so that we can do the things that we wanted to do. And that that we were content with that, and so it didn't matter what anyone else said because it. Mm-hmm. And then later they got it. It then they got the aha moment. But I just have to let you ride with me and watch. Yeah, you and gotta, I, you just gotta, you, know, you just gotta roll and watch. <laughs> I can't, 
explain it to you much. I can't because you don't get it. Yeah. You know? And you got it. And you know what? Like for me, and I'm just being honest, that's one of my one of my flaws. And it's probably because like I come from a big family. I'm the oldest. So my whole life, I've kind of like lived in a way to like set an example for my younger siblings that hopefully they would follow. Mm-hmm. And then now that we are mm-hmm. grown and getting older, like you realize like people make their own life decision decisions. Mm-hmm. One of the tough things for me is like when I when I try to give someone advice and they don't listen. I almost get embarrassed for them when they come back later and it's like, oh yeah, I, we don't, I need this or yeah, it's an interesting, like sometimes I'm like, man, I couldn't have, thank God I didn't make it to the NBA. Cause if I had like $400 million, I, it's hard. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I tell people no all the time, but I really be wanting people to understand. Cause people, when you don't have money, you think people with money have twice as much as they have. It's like, all right. But here's uh, the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say, here's the deal. Everybody is different. Why did the master give one, five, one, two, and the other one? Yeah. That that, that was done for a reason. Because I, I like that. The, the one can't handle the five. Man. You, you feel, and the two can't handle the five. So everybody is given proportionately resources, whatever, proportionately to what they can handle so that they can learn how to manage that. And you may be a five doing five things, trying to tell a two to do what you do. You just set but me the free. the two is like, no, I, I'm going to do, I yep. got to do what I, what I can do with the two. And then, you know, or you a five looking at the one saying, come on, man. And the one is like, no, I'm gonna do what, what the one does. I'm 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 doing the one talent thing that the one yes. talent does. You just set me free. And so Thank you. Can do. <laughs> Thank you. This is this is. I told you, y'all, for five minutes, I just needed therapy, and we good. Like I am not even joking. You just that just, just helped me so much. Stop. Yeah. If, you you have to get out of their way. Get out of their way and let them grow on their own. Okay. Right. You can't drive it. You got to get out of their way. Okay. You know? And Anybody don't judge listen. it. Don't yep. judge it. Oh, you know, no. don't judge it. And, and when they move, it's, it's like the prodigal son. You got the open arms. It's like, oh, yes. yep. I'm glad you see that. So we're going to move forward. <laughs> yep. I'm just not paying your bill. See, that's my thing. It's like when people come back, they use, I'm like, whoa, hold on, bro. You got, Y'all, everybody here, everybody in the world, you got, I'm going to let you be a one. I'm going to let right. you be a two, but you got to deal with, you know, one or two things. So, no, that that helps me out. I'm not even joking. That really helped me. So, all right, let's talk about right. this this um, personal financial blueprint. Um, this is the last thing I really want to get into. Um, you know, I know I had y'all for a second, so I definitely appreciate y'all time. Um, you know, you guys have this fin- personal financial blueprint. So, first of all, you know, for my listeners out there, y'all know I like to send charts. Um, the ladies have been, you know, kind enough to offer for anyone who wants to receive the chart. Just email me and I will forward it to you guys. The email is Music at gmail.com. That's Music at gmail.com. And this will just give you a visual of what we're going to talk through. And I know visual helps me. So um, I don't know who wants to tackle the first one or, you know, you guys can kind of... Um, you know, go teamwork on it. But, you know, the first bucket is foundation um, as we're talking about our personal financial blueprint. So can you know, who wants to kind of 
talk to us a little bit about how do we lay the foundation, um, you know, for ourselves as it relates to our finances. When you think I'll, about I'll, your foundation, that's when you think about the foundation. That's that's what things are supported by. That's that's what things are built upon. So, with respect to our household finances, your foundation it has to be a budget. Everything surrounds your budget. There needs to be savings because savings prepares you for unforeseen in the future. Whether you call it a general savings account, you also need an emergency fund for those unforeseen things. Uh, you can call it a contingency. You can call it the money that you have under the mattress in the cookie jar, whatever it is. But those are the things that you need to have in order to make sure that you understand where every penny of every dollar that comes into your house, where it goes. Once you have all of that established, then you can go into the next part, which is your financial uh, elevation, and then on to expansion. But you need your foundation because that's what supports everything. Okay. Your budgeting. How are you managing your money? That's where it starts. So so I want to talk yeah. like... like you, also your, go ahead. Also, even before that, sometimes some people have to do some work understanding their attitude, mindset, and their relationship with money. And that goes back mm -hmm. to what you, the question that you asked earlier when you said, why is it that people can't break the practice and live in paycheck to paycheck? Because there are some things that they have observed, they have witnessed, and there's some that they have witnessed, there's some things that they just do and don't realize why they're doing it. So sometimes you just have to sit down and do the work to understand why you aren't making certain connections with um, the financial behaviors that, that you need to be making versus the financial behaviors that you are making. So, um, understand what your net worth is. You know, do you know what your assets are? Do you know what your liabilities mm -hmm. are? If you're, are you, do you, do you owe more than what you own? You need to understand what that is as your foundation and then your credit reputation. What is going on with your credit reputation? Your, your, to have good credit is, is um is uh, your yeah. strong reputation is, is is more valuable than than gold and silver. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what is going on with your name? Your credit reputation is important. It, it goes before you even hit the door, like like in your situation. So mm -hmm. that is a part of your financial foundation, so that you again you know what's coming in, you know what's going out, and then you also know where it's going. How is it affecting your your um network i like what is your credit reputation and then what is your attitude mindset in relationship with money so i i really love that you like that wording of credit reputation because like you said that's what it is like this is just a report of all right jermaine do you pay people back when they when they loan you money <laughs> do you use it all do you spend it all the first day yeah. And I think if we look at our credit report in that way of being our reputation, like this is a reflection of you. It's like, bro, you don't pay people back. If we made it that personal. Go ahead. That's right. No, I was going to say, what do, would you do to protect your reputation? If yeah. somebody was. You need to protect your, your credit reputation. reputation. Yep. Exactly. You need to protect it the same way. Um, yeah. No, yep. no, period. Because can, other entities are using it. 
These That's how they're judging you. Because of their credit. Which is crazy. I went today, because I told you what's going on with me personally. Mm-hmm. I went to the credit union with my mother today so she could add me on to an account. Yep. And the lady said, I'm going to get your information and I'm going to run a soft, re- a soft inquiry um, from TransUnion. I, it's not my account. I'm just add, being added to my mama's account. Yeah. So, so your credit reputation is Man. important. Wow. In, 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 in instances, I can talk in instances, even where it's not direct, directly involving you. So to that point, right, there's no way to fully get away from it. And then what ends up happening as we talk about our credit reputation and, you know, when I'm thinking about Willa and driving that car, what ends up happening is when you when you understand assets and liabilities, like you start making different decisions because you know that a car is not a good investment. It's not an asset. It's it's a horrible investment. No. So you don't rush to get it when you don't need it because you realize it's taken away from other things. Right. And the yes, another part of that with respect to that car, we went five years without a car note. Yes. Hallelujah. So all of that was able to be put aside as savings for our future goals. And you're still not... a nice looking car, still a nice running car, but no debt on that car. It was great. And you're not you're you're taking yourself out of the mindset in these situations of trying to quote unquote keep up with the Joneses. It's about your purpose, your life. Again, if you a two, you're not worried about the five, you're not worried about the one. You are doing what you do. And I think, you know, that that really just y'all really helped me today. Y'all don't know how much y'all helped me because <laughs> I'm for real. That's that's a flaw of mine because I want to help people to a to a fault. And mm-hmm. you have to let them be them. And and that frees me yeah. up to not really be concerned or consumed. Like, oh, man, oh, they did that. I know that's not a good decision in the long run. I'll be carrying burdens like I made the decision. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Like, But you got to let people do what they do. Even when they're your family, your well, friends, and you love them, you have to let yeah. them be who they are. Exactly. All right. And so, then after you have your foundation established. There we go. Now you can elevate. And so now you start building on the foundation. So now, like, Willa talked about savings, but now you want to increase that savings. So you want to go from having just, um, just in case I blow my tire out savings, to what if I get COVID and can't work? Yeah. Like, now, three do, months. Do y'all have a formula? And my disability won't kick in. Do you, sorry to cut you off. Do a y'all formula? have a formula or, or just an, an opinion? About, you know, if a person has, you know, let's say they have $4,000 a month in, in bills, right? Um, mm-hmm. How much should they ideally be striving to have just as a general baseline in the bank to get them through a time like that? Like this pandemic we just went through. 12000 to 16000 Okay. Yep. Three, at least 12000 at least three months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something. And that's just based on how long it takes uh, unemployment to come in or how long it might take workers' comps to come in or how long it might take some insurance money to come in. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to live while you're waiting on that money that you are due. I love so that's it. what that money is for. So to anybody out there listening, they just gave you a very easy formula. 
first calculate up how much do you, you know, spend a month, right? How many, how much uh-huh. are your bills? Um, at least your major ones, right? And then have, save up, at least have the goal to save up three times that much money because you don't know what can happen. We just went through some of the craziest times in a lot of our lifetime. And for people who had <laughs> that money saved up, I talked to a guy and um, he was like, uh, man, yeah, you know, right now I'm, I'm out of work. But he was like, hey, that's why you have a savings. I mean, this guy was out of work and had zero concern on his face. He didn't know when he was going mm-hmm. back. But because mm-hmm. he, All I, right. don't, I don't know how much he had, but based on his response, he did, he seemed like he was good. So I love that. So as we talk about elevation, though, and Wesley, you might be able to speak to this for me because I know you, you know, you started off in, in the stock market and stuff. You know, are you guys mm-hmm. fans of the stock market um, or not? Like, how do you guys feel about the stock market or at what point do you kind of elevate your savings and investment to start getting into those type of investments, stock market, real estate, and things like that? I'm absolutely a fan of the stock market. Um, it's consistent. Um, there are ways that you can diversify yourself so that when it's toppy turvy, that your uh, money doesn't have to take such a big hit, but you just have to learn how to do that. Um, you can do it simultaneously. So can I be paying off debt, put money in my savings, as well as investing? You absolutely can. Because if you have a job that offers you a 401k, 403b, TSF, any type of um, tax deferred or um, retirement savings vehicle, that will be your mm-hmm. first step into investing. And you should do that, especially if your um, company has a match. That's free money right there. And then let that start growing for you and start growing for you tax deferred. That's how you're going to start to build wealth. And then you can, like I said, you can do it simultaneously. You don't have to pay up all your debt before you start saving, before you start investing. But you definitely have to have a disciplined and a focused approach. And you can do it simultaneously. No, I like that. That is... So did and and not I don't I don't want to um make it personal at all. I'm I'm just generally speaking about like, you know, with COVID, you had a lot of um stocks that were down. Was that something that interested you guys at all during this time, or did you stay away from it in a volatile time like this? You need to go out and make purchases because they were dropping and the yeah, stocks yeah. were low. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't say it was, I, I invest monthly. Okay. So I buy when it's low, I buy when it's high, and the average is out to be the, actually the best, a good price point. So okay. mm-hmm. in, in, in this type of environment, what you want to do is you just want to steadily, it's called just, it's a drip, the dripping. So you just want to steadily be putting money in the market. I buy mutual funds. I don't buy individual stocks because, again, I want the diversification. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not just looking at one particular stock. Now, there are people that do. I do watch certain stocks because those stocks are in my mutual fund. Right. So as mm-hmm. they perform, so does my mutual fund. But um, to not get not to give investment advice. No, exactly. I know. That's why that. I didn't. we don't do that. But yeah. yeah. So but yeah, no, I would not stay away from the market because it has some volatility. But you also have to remember that you got to know your risk tolerance and you have to yep. know what your your goals are. So if you need money within the next five years, that's not money that you should be investing. 
Like, exactly. Don't be investing your the down payment of your home, the money that you save for a down payment of your home, if you know you're going to need it within the next two, three years. Yeah, and The I, money that you're investing is money that you don't need for, from five years out so that it can grow and accumulate and do all the flips and flops that the market is doing and then end up back um, on the upside on your behalf. No, I love that. And, and like that you said, money is... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That, that money is above and beyond you taking care of all your household finances on a monthly basis, you've taken care of some savings, and you have an emergency fund. So that's that disposable cash that is there, that is available. And that's one of the things that we find sometimes. People will come to us and say, well, we want to invest. Well, are you able to pay your bills every month? No, but I still want to be able to. No, you have to take care of that first. But that's what people do. Yeah, and that's it's, what they do. It's some realities to this stuff. And that's why I asked that question. Like, to your point, definitely not to give uh, financial advice or anything like that. Um, it was curious to me. I, I actually do dibble into the stock market as well. Um, and I, you know, what I tell people is like, look, you know, you can, you can go and just like with these stimulus checks, right? There are some people now to people who need them to pay bills and do something with them, like more power to you do the right thing with it. But there are some people who get that mm -hmm. extra money and they just do crazy stuff. <laughs> and my thing is like, look, Take half of it. Like, just try the stock. Like, if you, again, if you can afford to, to lose it, I would rather spend $500 on an investment. Per, and I'm speaking for me personally, not telling anyone else to do this. But I would rather spend $500 on an investment than to spend $500 on some shoes. And then I can never get, like, it's like, oh, they never, it's not going up. The price is not going up. Oh, that's just, that's it. You know, they just get older. So, I'm just one of those people that believe right. don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid to learn. I've done a lot of things yeah, just by yeah. teaching myself. All right. So Willa, can you talk to us a little bit about you guys last bucket? We've talked about find foundation. We've talked about elevation. Again, if you want to get this chart, just shoot me an email, jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. And, um, you know, you'll see kind of the visual chart. The last bucket is expansion. Willa, can you talk to us a little bit about <laughs> expansion? Yeah, when we talk about expansion, it just continues on with the wealth building, with the investing, with preparing for college, preparing for retirement. That's when you have everything together. Your foundation is together. You have a good grasp on the things with elevation, and now you're ready to grow. You're ready to go out and be that entrepreneur because you prepare for that. You're ready to get into the market. And for uh, my husband and I, longevity and time in the market is what has been good for us. And then you have to talk about uh, preparing for legacy and for the future. Estate planning, wills, trust, those things are very good in order for you to protect those monies for the future and for those who are coming up behind you. Yeah. That's what we talk about when we're dealing with expansion. And you know what I really like about the way you guys put this together it shows the process and and you just said it like sometimes people they come in Wesley like oh I want to invest and they haven't done a b and c what this blueprint actually does is at least gives you a, a point of reference to say if I'm at the foundation level what are the things I need to be worried about I need to be worried about my attitude mm -hmm. my mindset and my relationship with money my spending plan right 
if I'm at mm-hmm. elevation, then I know I'm saving. I'm thinking about retirement, insurance, college. But this expansion, this is that that level where you get to where you have some time in and you've you've learned and grown and developed. And I just like that. So if you're just starting off, you don't need to be worried about wills and trust and gifting. Like we need to first get you on a <laughs> get you on a budget plan, you know. And so, you know, I love what mm-hmm. you guys do at Trinity Financial Coaching. Can you know, let's end with just at least telling um everyone how can they get in touch with you guys? Um, are you accepting new clients? If so, you know, who do we call, who do we email, and those type of things? We are definitely accepting new clients. Um, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at mytfcoach.com, M-Y-T-F-C-O-A-T-A.com. Or you can call us at 888-705-9956. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I will make sure that that info is in the description of this show. So, you know, wherever you listen to that, just go to the description and you'll see all of their contact info, Trinity Financial Coaching. Thank you, ladies, so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I'm going to give you both the last words. So let's start with you, Wesley. Just the last thing you want to leave people with, anything you want to say, um, and then, Willa, you can go from there. I just want people to know that Managing your money confidently is possible and um, managing your money confidently, enjoying life is what's going to lead you to abundant living. Have the Mm -hmm. peace of mind knowing that you can control it. You can enjoy the things that you want in life. And and like I said, you can live abundantly. And to add to that, I'd like to just leave one tip for folks. We've talked a lot about saving. Pay yourself first. As you create your budget, put a line item in your budget or put it in an envelope, put it in the bank. Don't make it a big amount of money. If you have to start at $5 every pay, $5 every other pay, put something aside for yourself and leave it there. That begins to accumulate and that establishes your savings account. And then it continues to grow. Make sure that you make it manageable. Don't promise to set aside something that you have to go out and get. Make it small, but remember to pay yourself first. You are more valuable than any of the debtors that you have to pay. Pay yourself first. I love that. And I appreciate you ladies again. Look, I know that this episode is going to bless people, but I want y'all both to be confident in knowing this. Y'all literally helped me today because I'm telling you, I'm not joking at all. Like my problem is it's, it's the good intention, but that don't make it right. It's like, let people be who they are and, and step mm-hmm. back, you know, stop being, I'm, I'm transitioning from being the older brother. Cause once y'all are grown, it's like, even if you five, six, seven years apart, you are really the same age. So it's like my whole mm-hmm. life I've been big brother and I'll always be that, but I'm transitioning now to let people be their own man and woman. And y'all just mm-hmm. set me off today. Like I'm feeling so free. I just, I want somebody to call me and ask for something <laughs> right now. So I can say, no, like, no, you, you grown. I don't, no, I'm just joking. But no, thank you ladies again. Um, it was an amazing time, amazing conversation. And God bless y'all. Please send love to y'all husbands and families. 
and y'all have a great day. Thank all right. You. Thank you so well, much for having us. It was great. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye bye. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.